Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. You can find more helpful advice at focusonthefamily.com slash parentingpodcast. You know, one of the greatest privileges of being a dad to daughters has been to pray for them. And at various seasons, I've prayed in different ways for my children. Um, But one of the things I did for a long, long time was, and I think I've mentioned this before, I've written down a scripture verse. And then as I walk um, at noontime around the campus here at Focus on the Family, I pray like this. I just quote the scripture, like Ephesians chapter 1. Paul says, I pray when I remember you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him. And I would just insert my kids' names in there. You know, I pray, Father, that my son would see you, that he'd have that spirit of wisdom and revelation and your knowledge in him. I I went through the list of the kids as I prayed that little verse. And um, we'll hear more today about praying for your children, specifically how to pray for your daughters. I'm John Fuller, along with Dr. Danny Huerta, who leads our parenting team here at Focus on the Family. And we're going to hear now from author and speaker Terry Lynn Underwood. She shared with Jim Daly and me about ways that she prays for her daughter, Cassidy. You speak about the five R's. Uh, yes. I sound like a pirate saying that. Don't I? <laughs> the five R's. But talk about those five R's. Okay. I would love to because this is so important as moms. The first one is that we read. Um, we read scripture to our girls. We read scriptures with our girls, and we read scriptures um, about our girls, but also we encourage them to read the Bible for themselves. Um, I, so read. Yeah, just read. Read's the first one. The second one is rewind. And I think this one is the one we miss because how often have we read scripture and not really understood it? Yeah. Right? You don't want me to admit that, do you? (laughs) I mean, so we we rewind. We read it again. Right. For understanding. Yeah. And we we just stay there. And I I tell people all the time, because I teach Bible at my church, and I tell people all the time, if the Bible is living and active, then it's okay to read it again and again and again. I think it's meant for that purpose, actually. And so we we rewind. We read it again to make sure that we understand. And then we reflect, um, giving ourselves space. When I teach, I tell people, um, we're going to do this. We just finished Ephesians, for example, in my Bible study. So we just taught through Ephesians. And I told everybody, I was like, okay, here's what you do next. Read Ephesians again. (laughs) So you reflect on what you've Mm -hmm. read. So often we rush from one thing to the next and then repeat. So we read it over and over. I don't think there's anything wrong with spending a lot of time in one space in Scripture. And I mean like a year. You know, spend a year in a book. And just read it and just reflect on it and let that book teach you something. And then finally, um, this one I think is the one that's the biggest gift of grace to moms and girls everywhere, and that's restart. When you drop off, because you will, you just pick it up and start again. And those are good things to remember, each one of them. I love the repeat, you know, to do it again, read it again. That that fits for all of us. Um, You also, in addition to praying for daughters to know their identity, you also pray for them um, to have uh, good relationships. Yeah. How would that prayer go, and what does that look like, and how did you communicate that to Cassidy? I think, for me, that's focusing on traits. A lot of people, when they pray for relationships, they pray for this specific, like they'll say, okay, we pray for my daughter's future husband or for her whatever, best Is it friend. Wrong? No, absolutely not. Um, love that. Have all those books too. <laughs> um, but I realized something that 
as I was reading in the Gospels, that Jesus, there were ways that he treated people no matter who they were. Mm-hmm. Um, he was humble. Whether he was dealing, even when he was dealing with the Pharisees who were, you know, his nemesis, he was still humble and gracious. And so there's an element of those character traits that if we pray those, then it they transfer into every relationship. And I think that gets to the core issues. And if we're honest, relationships are so hard. And we don't know. Like we pray. I, of course, pray for whoever Cassie will marry one day. But I have no way of knowing when that will happen or if that will happen or what that will look like. And so for me, it was much more important to pray that she be kind, that she be humble, that she be gentle. I like that. Generosity was another word you spoke. In fact, you also talked about praying for your daughter's understanding of her purpose in God. Yeah. Man, that sounds like the biggest one of all. Yeah. I said that in the book. I say it feels like this one should have been first, but it really felt also like the best way to end. We know that God's desire is for all to be saved. So we pray fervently for our children's salvation. And we pray for them to be steadfast in their faith, right? And we pray for them to share the gospel. But the hardest one is that we pray for their sanctification because that means we have to get out of the way when God is doing the sanctifying work in their lives. I'm just wanting to amplify that. Did you hear that, parents? <laughs> you got to get of out the of the way for God to mm-hmm. work. You know, Gene and I will t- often talk about that in terms of mountains and valleys. And parents, we struggle allowing our children to go into valleys. Yes. But that is where the Lord teaches us so wholly, so purely, so effectively is when we struggle. I mean, look at what happened to you. That was your valley. That was a big valley for you to go through, um, contemplating and trying to take your own life. And then your dad pulled you out with Mm. the Heavenly Father Mm -hmm. in the midst of all that. Um, And I think when we watch our kids, I tell a story in the book. I had prayed before Cassidy's freshman year, I think, that God would let her know that he was enough. And I say later that if I had known what that looked like, I don't think I would have prayed that prayer. Mm -hmm. I don't think I would have prayed for her to know that God was enough if I had known that meant he was literally going to strip away everything else from her. But on this side of today, I can look at it and go, that was so good. We wouldn't have have been able to see. Yeah. Yeah. Terry Lynn, um, you know, literally millions of people are listening. And there's that mom or moms who are really struggling because they haven't done this well. Maybe it's been a lot of conflict, a lot of fighting, uh, whatever it might be. Imagine her sitting right where I'm at and speak words of life into her. What would you say to that mom that comes to you and says, Terry Lynn, I've blown it. I've not done that. I've not been the parent I needed to be to my daughter. I would say, I think two things. One, that God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. So own that and admit that. Um, You know, I said at the very beginning, I pray this way because I'm a prayer failure. I don't know what else to pray except for God's word. And so I just believe that it's true, and so I just pray it. But the second thing I would say is to remember this, and I don't even know who told me this first, but I've had so many people say this, and I've said to so many people, and it resonates, that we have to remember that our children are not our enemy, and mm. we are fighting for them, not against them. Yeah. 
And so that is the catch, I think, is if you catch yourself fighting against your child, you're fighting the wrong battle. Right. But we fight for them, and most of the time we fight on our knees. I so appreciate that heart for prayer that Terry Lynn Underwood has. And uh, Danny, along with what Jim said, I'm sure that in your counseling, you have spent time with parents who feel like, I have blown it. My kids haven't seen any sort of spiritual modeling from me. So what do you do to pick up the pieces? What do you encourage them to do now? I remember a dad that was going through a devastating time with his sons, and he said, Danny, I, I just completely failed as a dad. I did not read scriptures with my kids. I didn't pray with them. I was too busy coaching them and pursuing things. Yet he still had two teenage sons in the home. That's the game's not over. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is when you get to, uh, to pull those pieces together and figure out what haven't I done and what do I need to do? And so that's the story until now, until today. What can you do today? What's the one thing you, you are saying, man, I wish I would have done this, and that you could truly implement? And he said, well, I, you know, I could maybe just pray with them tonight. I said, well, great. It's a great starting point to do that with them. And he said, but they're not really in the faith. They're starting to doubt it. That's okay. Go hug them and say, hey, I'd love to pray with you. And I would imagine that they long for that, and, and they may initially reject it, but you're starting something that's very relational with them, and they probably are thirsty for that. Mm. So start and always default on the relationship side. Pursue relationship and know there may be pushback, there may be resentments, there may be some cones along the way. But look at them as cones of direction, not things that stop you. Direction of getting to know where they're at yeah, now. I appreciate and then, that. And then meet them there. Pray for beforehand as for that conversation that God guides you. It was fun to see him down, down the road a few weeks later, and he said, yeah, that was, that was powerful. And we're, we're walking together. It wasn't prayer every time, but he, he was able to adjust, and the relationship was building towards more spiritual-type things. And the other part was him modeling that he was going to be consistent about going to Scripture mm-hmm. now in his home. Uh, it's good to start, be consistent, and not just point at things you didn't do, but begin to do the things you want to do. I appreciate so much what you just shared. I have nothing to add except take Danny's advice to heart. It's not over. You've got today. Start today. Certainly, our conversation with Terry Lynn can maybe help propel you forward, as Danny's comments have as well. If you've got daughters, get Terry Lynn's book, Praying for Girls, which we'll send to you when you make a donation of any amount to the ministry of Focus on the Family, and we'll have a link about uh, how you can do that in the episode notes. And then we do have a series of articles that Danny and the team have written called Seven Traits of Effective Parenting. Look for the link to that series in the show notes as well. Next time, we'll hear from Tricia Goyer, who shares ways to get rid of complaining in your family. It's really good. I'm John Fuller, and on behalf of Danny Huerta and the team, thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. <music>